Amen. All right. Um, as you can see the notes, the Son of God, that wasn't the original title before, but given the nature of all the things taking pla place around us, there's a, there is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a, a bad misunderstanding on what it means to be a son of God, and, and, and Satan is trying to make God's people ashamed of, of, of being called a son of God. I don't, I don't know why it's, so, it, it's such a hard thing. But uh, nonetheless, the, the Bible says the foundation of God standing sure, the Lord knoweth those that are his. So all I can do is put forth, we're not making any um, claims or assertions or I'm not trying to suggest. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going by what the Bible teaches and, and trying my best to, to follow what the, Lord, what, what the Lord asks us to do. Amen? So we're going to take a look at this. I want, I want us to see what was Adam when he was created. All right, so when Adam was created, I think it's in Luke, where the Bible, where it gives the genealogy, and it goes back, and Adam was the son of God. Amen? So Adam was the son of God, son of God. But what happened to, I'm going to put, fallen Adam? What happened to fallen Adam? Title stripped, right? He, he's now a servant of who? Satan. He's now, I'm going to just put SOS, servant of Satan. That's what he is. SOS, servant of Satan. So fallen Adam. But um, second Adam, what was he? He's a son of God. Son of God. Amen. Son of God. Tested. Did he fall? Tested. Nope. Maintained title. He maintained title and the bible says to them that receive him must also maintain this title amen if you don't maintain this title you cease to be a what son of god but this one was natural amen and this one is what so everyone who receives christ is a spiritual what son of god you know that's why Romare just went over this we have to walk in the what in the spirit and we must crucify the what the flesh, that, that's, that's, that's the whole gospel, amen? amen. This is, when you receive Christ, God gives you a measure of that spirit. You, you cannot resist sin unless you have Christ. It's impossible. This man didn't resist sin. This man fell into sin. So we, the flesh, from that point on, can never overcome sin because it was overcome, amen? But this man came in the flesh and defeated sin. And those who receive the gospel, he gives them power to crucify sin from the very start of their Christian walk. Amen. Amen. From the very start, you're a son of God. The only ones who can resist sins are the son of God. Amen. Isn't that plain? It was the son of God that resisted sin. So only the sons of God can resist sin. The servant of sin can't resist sin. He's already a servant to the thing that's holding him in bondage. Amen. So you need the son of God whom the son shall make free shall be what? Free indeed, the Bible says. We need the Son to make us free. But anyway, so let's, let's take this and let's just go back to the beginning. We're going to walk down as we were talking about earlier. First comes that which is what? Natural, then followed is the what? Spiritual. So we're going to take a look at the, the natural reform line. As you see them here, Moses, the decrees, Christ, Millerites, and, and our line. Amen? Um, oh well, he has Christ up here. I actually wanted it the other way around, but it's okay. It's fine. We'll go through it. The thief, right? Um, all scripture is given by the inspiration and it's profitable, right? So I'm going to use this 
to deal with the Son of God. Amen? So it says, The thief cometh not but for to what? To steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have what? So you see two groups already. You see a thief and a life giver. Amen? The wise is the life giver. The foolish is the what? Thief. The good is the life giver. The bad is the what? Thief. The wheat is the life giver. The tears are the what? Thief. These are the two spirits that will be in everyone that receives one of these two people. Amen? Y'all follow? All right. So we either have the spirit of a thief or we have the spirit of the life giver. That, 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 that's it. Amen. But because of sin, we're, we were all what? Thieves. We were all servants of Satan, stealing, stealing God's subject. But Christ came and redeemed us. Amen. He sent the first angel's message to preach in the world, to give life, to, to, to help. To, he stretched his hand out like Peter, walk, Peter walking on water is Adam. Before he fell, he was walking on water. When Adam took his Adam and Eve took their eyes off God, they fell into the world. And Christ sends the first message by stretching out his hand to pull them back out of the world. Amen? Y'all follow? Everything in the Bible can teach uh, the subject that the Lord wants us to understand. Y'all following? I just want to, I mean, y'all a little quiet, you know, I just want to make sure. It says, a thief coming not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So now let's look at the definition of thief. One who secretly, unlawfully, and feloniously takes the goods or personal property of another. The thief takes the property of another privately. The robber by what? How does Rome do it? How does Rome do it? Force. How did Nebuchadnezzar do it? These are all forceful animal creatures, right? But before they got to that point, what must happen? Satan must steal. In order for them to work, Satan must steal. Y'all following? Satan, once he begins, he uses force because Jesus says the thief cometh before to steal, to what? Then kill, then destroy. Amen. In other words, he can't touch you until you what? Until you fall into his deception. Y'all follow? He can't touch you until you fall into his deception. So in order to, in order to come in, he needs to, needs to steal your way. But let's go on. One who seduces by what? False doctrine. So a thief is one who seduces by false doctrine. One who makes it his business to cheat and, and defraud as a den of thieves. So a thief, this is his business. So this is Satan's what? Business. And those who deceive are about their father's what? Business. But those who do truth are about their who? Father's business. There's two businessmen. You are, we're either the son of God or we're the son of Satan. Amen? These are the two businessmen. And they have people in whom they hire to do their dirty work. Amen? So we're going to see Satan hide a serpent to do his dirty work. Let's continue. It says, steal. To take and carry away feloniously as the personal goods of a what? Of another. To constitute stealing or theft, the taking must be feloniously. That is, with an intent to take what belongs to another and without his what? Was it Adam and Eve's consent? Was, was it, did God give Satan consent to do that? No, he didn't have that consent. He stole the sons of God away from God. Amen? That's what he did. We're gonna, I, I hope we're really following this because this is what's happening every day in our lives. Satan is stealing people away from, from, from the truth. Amen? Every day. So let's go back. Drop down to steal. To practice theft, to take feloniously, he steals for a livelihood. So what does Satan do? This is his life. His life, in other words, Satan gets his life by what? Stealing. How does error gets his life? 
from truth. So Satan is only alive as long as he what? Steals. But if he has nothing to steal, what happens to him? He would die. Amen? That's what would happen to him. He would die. So God says, put up a wall and keep him out so that he would have nothing to steal. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Don't give him anything to steal. Amen? Don't put yourself in a position where he can steal you away from God. Our first parents placed themselves in the path of the thief. Amen? And he stole them away from God. Go ahead, Quincy. Coronavirus, right? Amen. Yeah, it only gets his life as long as it it takes life, you know. Yeah, Biden, you know. Yes, amen. He, uh, Satan will take that and fill your purpose. But going back, so this I just want us to bring this subject to the thief, and we're going to see how it connects to the Son of God. So let's go back. Jump down with me to Luke ten. Um, we know the story of the lawyer who asked Jesus, "What must he do to get eternal life?" And what did Christ say? Which, which of the, um, what is the greatest commandments, right? He says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Christ says, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And, and he answering says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy what? All thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy might, mind, and thy neighbor as thy what? All right, go back up to, to first, second Samuel. And this is Absalom. We want to look at the thief, how he works now. Here's Absalom, um, an agent, of, a servant of Satan. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom did what? Stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So what did Satan do to Adam and Eve? He stole their heart. With what? Let's, let's find out. Let's look at how Absalom did it. How he did it, God has given us an insight of what took place in the garden. Amen? Not only in the garden... Every story in the Bible, I love what God is doing. Every day, Satan is having what he did in heaven repeated over and over. That's why he hate, that's what, another reason he hates the gospel. Because every time we study the Bible and see the natural things, we're getting a view of what he did in heaven. Absalom is Lucifer. He was beautiful, had long hair. He was the son of the king, and he was standing at the gate. He was a light bearer. That's what Absalom was. Amen? He was, he was the son of the king, and... He stole the hearts of the king's servants. Who was the king's servants? The third of the angels that fell with him. Every day Satan is having his, his life repeated to him over and over and over and over and over again. God is sure, and God wants us to see that. The reason why the Lord wants us to see that is to see the connection between heaven and earth. Amen? And that way we would turn from sin and flee to him immediately. Amen? Because the same thing is being reenacted every single time. And it was something that Romero went over in his last one. We'll probably touch on the next one. Go ahead, Quentin. And, and down below, hopefully I remember. He's going to say something? Okay, Absalom. David was a good and just king. He ruled in the fear of God, but Absalom would not give him an opportunity to, to, to redress the grievances of his people, for he would stop them before they could make their case known to the king. Then by his what? Wicked lies. Who was the wicked one? Satan. Remember, this is all about Satan, right? And, and, and we don't want to be his agents. We don't want to wickedly lie because he's the father of what? Lies. What is a father? An originator. That's what a father is. One who originates. Amen? So Satan is the originator of lies. 
We don't, nobody can have that title but him. He's the first. He's the ancient of lies. He was there. He was a liar from the beginning and the father of it. And anyone who lies, even in the slightest little thing, in the slightest, who are you? Satan's servant. Amen. It's that simple. Every time you lie, remember, every time we lie, we're, 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 we're agents of Satan and we lie to steal someone's affections. That's why we do it. We lie to steal their trust. We lie to steal their time. We lie to steal their money. We lie to steal whatever it, whatever it takes to obtain something that we lust after. We will lie to get it. But is that what Christ would do? No, because no, he says, I, he said, Christ let his light shine. He's always doing the truth. So these are what the sons of God will do. Amen. God saved us from that world of iniquity of lies, and we're not to practice it anymore. Yes, sometimes we may get into trouble, and a favorable thing may seem like it may be good to lie, to, to hide that thing you just did, but honestly, that's not the best way, is it? Nope. Just confess it and live up to it. I did it. I did it. I did it, and that's it. Amen? Mm -hmm. Just live up to it and confess it and go on. And when you do that, you're revealing you're a son of God. Amen. That you've overcome the world and, and Satan's temptation to tell. Even if you messed up like our first parents, we're going to see they repented. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell the truth anyway. Um, we'll see it in Absalom's second description of Daniel 11.35. Yes. Amen. Because a thief is what? What is, what, is he, what is a thief coming? In 1989. And what is happening right now? He's stealing right I'm, are you? Amen. Yeah, you're running ahead. Go ahead. Amen. 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 What is he doing? He's stealing. Amen. He, and how is he doing it? There are affections. Amen. Because Jesus says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and what? Strength. So Satan is going to steal our strength. He's going to steal our heart. He's going to steal our mind. So all these attractions in the world is designed to steal our affections from God. Amen. The movies, the music, the games, the amusement parks, the fashions, all of these things is designed by Satan to steal our affections away from God. Amen. Amen. All of these things. It doesn't matter what it is. And God says to, we must love the Lord our God with all thy heart, mind, soul and strength and thy neighbor as thyself. And don't let Satan steal this away from you. Amen. He will use whatever he can use to steal you away from God. And we must shut him out by keeping that door padlocked and sealed. Amen. We must do all that we can and God will take care of what we can't take care of. Amen. He tried to steal Job away from God. It didn't work. And we want to be like that Job today, not tomorrow, today. Amen. We want to be like Job today. The Bible says today, if you hear his, if you hear his voice, what do you do? Harden not your hearts today, not tomorrow, today, because tomorrow's not promised anybody. Amen? So let's go on. It says, Then by his wicked lies he would steal their hearts away from the king and fix them where? So what does Satan always do? So even when you're, even when you're Satan's agent, you're only fixing people to him, not to you. Amen? The, the Revelation 13 says they worship the beast. Who are they really worshiping? The dragon. So every time you do Satan's dirty work, you're only leading people to Satan. And when he's finished with you, he makes you go hang yourself and he moves on. Amen. That's what the Bible shows us. He may, when he's done with you, when he can't use you no further, because he always uses you to the point 
where he can use you because he knows that Christ is going to do some miraculous work and your service is of no use to him and he moves to the next person. That's just evil. So why would you want to do business with such an evil person that doesn't even care for your life? But praise God for God that when you get old, your service is still required with him. That's what Abraham and Moses and Aaron was all there to teach us. Amen. That even when you're old, God still favors your service. Amen. He doesn't just cast your way if a new light come. He wants to use you to carry for that new light. In fact, strengthen the one that is bringing that new light. Amen. That's out of law. But Satan, when he's done with you, he cast you out. Go ahead. Say it again. Our oh, children are a lawful prey of the devil. Yes. So he tries to steal them early. Amen. So we got to do everything in our power to keep him out. Amen. Yes. So let's look at this next one. Um, keep this in mind. This is Absalom. By his remarkable what? Beauty, winning manners, and, and pretended kindness, he cunningly stole the hearts of the what? So how does Satan work? He loves beautiful people. He loves people that are beautiful because he works very well through them. He loves women that are beautiful, and he loves men that are good looking. Amen. Because through them, he works the best. Because they use their beauty as they use their beauty for service to Satan instead of using their beauty for service to God. Amen. Your beauty is given to you to glorify God and win people to the gospel, not to win people to Satan's kingdom. Amen. So this is why he chose the serpent. The serpent was more subtle than all the this was the most beautiful creature and all the beast of the field. Amen. Keep this in mind. This is the papacy. She's the most good looking church outwardly on planet earth no one seems more organized than the catholic church you follow nobody she's more kind than the adventist church outwardly she's more beautiful than the adventist church outwardly amen and with this beauty she's stealing the affections of the kings to come over to her side you follow that's what she's doing. She's stealing the affection. And in 1989, she stole the affections of the United States. You follow? That's what happened. But who did the dirty work? The Protestants. The Protestants with their false teaching led the nation, led the kings, led Ronald Reagan to now inquire. Ronald Reagan stretched his hand out to the, to, what's the queen? Not the queen. The, 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 the ah, that wicked woman. Um, ah, Saul. Witch of Endor, thank you. Ronald Reagan put his hand out to the Witch of Endor, asking him advice on how to take down what? Communism. Isn't that what he did? How did they do it? Openly? Secretly. He, so, so Satan got that advantage right there, 1989. Amen? And that's what we're going to come down to. Let us go back into our notes. Genesis. So this is what Satan used. He uses winning manners, beauty, pretended kindness. This is what he uses. Amen? These are all attributes of Christ. Y'all follow? This is the sheep's clothing. Beauty, good manners, and kindness. Should we not have that? Yeah, we are supposed to have that. Amen? So Satan takes those attributes of Christ. Remember, that's how he gets his life. He takes those attributes of Christ, and he uses it to steal people away from God. And this is why we must try the what? Spirit. Whether they be of who? Of God. Amen? Because two spirits are in this world, the spirit of God and the spirit of Satan. Amen? The sons of God and the sons of the flesh. Y'all follow? Amen. These are the two spirits in the church. Amen? 
because Eden is a symbol of the church and Satan found access through somebody in the church. Y'all follow? He got access to somebody. Let's go on. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God, what? Commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest what? But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not what? Did y'all know it was a commandment to eat right and not to eat right? It was a commandment. Is this commandment gone? So what is Satan going to do? Steal people away from keeping this commandment. Amen. Let's look at the let's look at who he let's look at the first person that Satan stole on planet Earth. Amen. Let's look at him. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, beautiful, right? What is he about to do to the woman now? Flatter her. Amen. He's about to flatter her with kind words. Amen. He's now going to make God appear evil and him what? Good. That's what he's about to do. Teachings. Amen. It's through the teaching. Yea, hath God says, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So now he's quoting the word of God. So now he's showing you he knows the Bible. Amen. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now she's expressing she doesn't understand the word so well. God never told her anything about touching it. Amen. So she just gave Satan a what? An advantage. Amen. So he takes the fruit and what does he do? No, he, gives it. he ate it and he gave it to her. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go on. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely what? Because I didn't die. Amen. The serpent didn't die. So she's not going to die. Y'all follow? Amen. Okay. So I hope y'all get this. I, I really want y'all to get this. What do you think the papacy is saying to the United States? I didn't die. You follow? Before not, I didn't die. I broke God's commandment. I'm still here. You follow? But they're not seeing the, 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 the final destruction. That's what they're not seeing. That's what Eve, she's not seeing that. Amen. She is going to, she is to die. Amen. Yeah, Satan made her change her religion. I'm um, going back. And the woman saw, and here's after this. And the woman saw that the tree was good for what? Food. And it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her what? Okay, all right. Now I want us to follow this. Um, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not what? Deceived. But the woman being what? Deceived was where? In the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in what? Childbearing, if they continue how? In faith. Here's the remedy for women right there. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the woman's remedy if she wants to be what? Saved in what? Childbearing. Just go study that out and you will find that remedy of how a woman. This is the only, this is what God has prescribed for women to be saved. Amen. This is what he's prescribed. He's prescribed something else for Adam, for the man to be saved. And what was that? Hard work. Amen. Hard work and really toilsome work. But we're not going to go into that. We want to go back to, to, to something here. Eve. She was first in transgression. And go back, go down with me to Romans now. Know ye not that to whom you yield, yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you what? So what did Eve just do? She became a servant of Satan. Amen? From that point on, she's a servant of Satan. And what did she do? She gave to her husband, and he what? What did he become? Oh, through who, though? 
he became servant to the woman. Isn't that what God says? Because you've hearkened to the voice of your wife. Now you're a servant to the woman. So what does God have to say now? Um, what did he tell the woman? Your husband shall what? Now God has to command the man to rule over the woman. You follow? He now has to obey this command, but it's going to be hard because now the woman took the lead in position. Y'all follow? This is what happened. The church takes the lead in position. The man becomes servant to the church. Y'all follow? That's, but God says, no, the king is to rule over the nations, not the church over the nations. That's it happened right here. This sets the stage for the Sunday law right there. This is how the Sunday law is going to look. The church is going to gain the ascendancy. How? Because she ate the fruit from Satan. And Satan gave her power to go deceive the man, to take the man, and the man falls for that trickery. But God is going to have sons of God that's not going to fall for that temptation. How do I know that? It didn't work for Christ. Amen? Christ overcame that spirit. And the only ones who can resist this strong, influential, powerful temptation are those that have the spirit that comes from Christ. Amen? They're the only ones that can resist him. Any kind of temptation can only be met and resisted through the power that comes from Christ. Amen? That Because he's the only one that defeated this temptation. The only one. Amen? So let's continue. Romans. Jump down with me to born again. Um, it's a, verse 17. I hope we're following. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. So how, how um, the doctrine that was delivered them, keep that in mind. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of what? Righteousness. So it's a doctrine that's going to what? Free you from what? Sin. It's the truth that sets you what? Sets you free. So it's the truth that's going to set you. It was a lie that brought our parents into bondage. This is why it's all about the word of God. It was a word that brought our parents into bondage. So it's a word that's going to take us out of what? Bondage. A word put us in, a word takes us out. Amen? And we have to give our life to that word that brings us out. In other words, the mind is what was affected in the garden. Eve saw the tree, and she, she thought it was a tree to be desired. And she gave this desire to her husband, and they fell together, became servants of Satan from that point forward. They were, in other words, what happened? Satan stole away the title of son of God. You follow? So what do you think he's trying to do now? He's trying to steal away the title that you're a son of God. What do you think he's been doing in every single generation? Trying to steal the title of you being a son of God. Amen. That's all he's been. Isn't that what God did in the beginning? He gave them a commandment and, and Satan came and stole it. So in every beginning, every beginning, every reform line, God gave Moses a message. And everyone who receives that message becomes a what? Son of God. And from that moment on, what did Pharaoh try to do? If thou be the son of God, bring them out of Egypt. If you're the son of God, deliver them from Egypt. So God says, Pharaoh will kill your firstborn and save my firstborn. Amen. It was, it's always about the son of God. Amen. Yes. Firstborn. They were a son in Egypt while they were in Egypt. And Pharaoh was not willing to let God's son go. Amen. 
Uh, Y'all follow? For 6,000 years, he's not willing to let that title go. It belongs to God. That's God's title. Amen? But Satan is holding people in captivity and in bondage, and our only way out is to receive that message that comes to us in the beginning. Amen? I, I, I pray with Fawn. Go ahead, Quentin. Yes, he was. was a state power. He's still human, so I was thinking Pharaoh wasn't. Um, he wasn't delivered in childbearing because he didn't. He didn't deliver the children of Israel, so he died. That was his test. Yeah. yeah amen. Who was holding in bondage? The church, right? The magicians, amen. the soothsayers. Yeah, the, the the false teachers. False doctrine was what kept him, make him not receive Moses. False teaching made Pharaoh not receive Moses. He believed that his God was superior than Moses' God. Amen? Y'all follow? And God had to show that he is superior than that, than Satan and all his trickery and all of his lies. But let's go back. I, I'm, the reason why I'm going to the beginning, because if we can see it in the beginning, this sets the stage for every single reform line that you can come up with. Y'all follow? If it's if whatever's in the beginning, that's how every reform line is going to go from that point on. Amen? The first reform line began in Eden. That's where it began. Y'all follow? Because that's where the battle began. So that's where the battle's going to end. The heart. That's where it started. Amen? So let's go back. The sower saw of the word. Christ came to sow the word with truth. Ever since the fall of who? Man, Satan has been sowing the seeds of what? Error. It was by a what? Lie that he first gained control over men. And thus he still works to overthrow God's kingdom in the earth and to bring man under his power. So how does people come under Satan's power? A lie. So, so Romario went over. When God brings people from out under Satan's power, what is he giving them? Truth. So what becomes a Christian's power? Truth. Truth is our power from that point forward. Amen? Truth. Truth versus lies. This is the two powers that's contending for the Garden of Eden, which is our heart. These are the two powers that's always fighting. So since 1989, we saw the great deception coming up on this earth since 1989. Getting ready to bring the whole world into eternal bondage where they will never rise again. But at the same given time, the truth came also. That's going to rescue people eternally from the powers of Satan if they receive it and hold on to it steadfast unto the end. Amen? At the same time, this is the time in which we are now living in. Everything taking place around us is affecting our minds to either accept or reject this truth that came since 1989. Amen? That's it. Every, the coronavirus is to accept or reject this truth that came since 1989. Amen? That's, that's all this is. Let's go back now. It says, um, it was by a lie that he first gained control over man, and thus he still works to overthrow God's kingdom in the earth and to bring men under his power. A sower from a higher world, Christ came to sow the seeds of truth. He who had stood in the council of God, who had dwelt in the innermost sanctuary of the eternal, could bring to men the pure principles of truth. Ever since the fall of man, ever since the what? Fall of man. Christ had been the what? Who's been the revealer? Okay, Christ had been the revealer of truth to the world. By him, the incorruptible seed, the what? The word of God, which liveth and bideth forever, is communicated to men. In that first promise spoken to our fallen race in Eden, Christ was sowing the what? Gospel seed. Where do we see its fruit? The first coming of Christ. 
Amen. That's the fruit of that seed that Christ sowed in Eden. Amen. Does a tree bear fruit immediately when you plant it? No, no it took 4,000 years to bring Christ to, to make this fruit come right there. Amen. Right there you see the seed, the fruit of that which Christ sowed. That was the promise because that was the seed. It was the gospel promise given to our first parent. Why did they need that promise? Because they fell from God. They fell from being the son of God and Christ gave them the truth to rescue them from that fallen condition. And from the moment Adam and Eve received that promise, God gave them power. Amen. What did he have to give them power now to do? Resist temptation. He had to give them power to res because Satan is going to come and do what again? Try to steal it. He's because now that God has given them a way out of the, the problem they, they in, Satan now is going to try to come and take that birthright promise. Y'all follow? It was a promise that they were going to get a deliverer to deliver them from their condition. Amen. And from that moment on, the world has been looking for a deliverer to come and save them from sin. So what gave them the power was the hope of a deliverer. That they will, that hope made them live right. You follow by having that hope in their heart, they did what was right. That hope was to make them do righteousness by believing that hope. It was to lead them to live the way God said to live because God was going to rescue them from their miserable state and condition. Amen. And the hope given to the church after Christ died and rose again, I will come again and take you onto myself. And he says, where I am, there you shall be what? Also, because the first coming is already met. Now we're waiting for the second coming, and that's our power. Amen? Second coming. That's the church's hope. That Y'all follow? And that our sins will be what? Blotted out. There's our hope. And in, in, in waiting for this hope, we live according to God's requirements and waiting for the day for our sins to be blotted out and our Savior comes to take us home with him. Amen? So it's the hope. That gives us the power to do what is right. By having that hope in the heart, it should motivate us to do what the Lord says to do. Amen. Not trusting in our words, but trusting in that hope, that promise in which he's given to us. Amen. That's what keeps the Christian going. That, that hope that the Lord will do this. So let, go down with me now. The gospel was first what? Preach to Adam and Eve where? In Eden. I want to go back up to this part. It says, ever since the fall of man, Christ had been the revealer. Not that part. Um, in that first promise spoken to our fallen race in Eden, Christ was sowing the gospel seed. Okay. And the gospel was first preached in Eden. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit. The gospel first preached in Eden. And what I want to show is that in Eden, the Lord sowed that seed. Amen. So every time at the end, what is the Lord going to do? He's going to give a seed. Amen. That's what he's going to do. He's going to give a seed. Seed. Seed, and I have down here seed. Okay, then what is that seed? Because it's easy to say he's going to give a seed. What is that seed? What is that truth? Y'all giving me generic answers. Well, they're all right. They're not wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong. I want us to follow here. Every generation had an unfolding of the gospel for that time. Y'all follow? So for Moses... This seed that, that they have, um, the Lord was going to give them a land, right? That's what it was. I, I just want, in other words, Moses brought an interpretation that the people in this time 
had to receive in their hearts, and God is going to water that seed if they receive that interpretation. You follow? God says, go down there and tell them that I am sent you. They had to, they said by this name, they didn't know God. You follow? They didn't know God by that name. Y'all are following? So Israel had to receive that interpretation from Moses. And those who receive that interpretation, God is going to bless them. They have to show their faith in that revelation that Moses brought them. Y'all are following? And jump, come down to our time. Come down to Christ. What was this? The Messiah is here. So the Jews had to receive this interpretation that the king, the, the Christ, is amongst them. They had to receive that interpretation. And the Bible says to them that receive that interpretation, to them he does what? Give power to become what? Sons of God. So they had to receive that interpretation and they become sons of God. But what happens to this interpretation? The next generation, all they do is they keep that because God is going to reveal something. He's going to unfold it, something new in relation to what he unfolded there. Y'all are following? So you come down to the time of the decrees. What did they have to re receive here? The building of the temple. Amen? Building temple. They had to receive this truth. And what was the problem, the contention in here? Now is not the time to build. Satan was trying to steal away the birthright. You follow? that? He was trying to steal the birthright here. He tried to steal the birthright here that the Messiah did not come. He's trying to steal the birthright here that no way, this is not the time to build a temple. Now let's come down to Millerite history. What was, what was theirs? Come on, we all should know this. The hour of his judgment. It, come on, Daniel 8.14. Yeah, the, the time. Yes, the time. Amen. And those who received the interpretation brought by William Miller, God gave them power to become what? Sons of God. And what did Satan try to do in this time? No man knoweth the day nor the hour. Didn't God say we can't know when he's coming? This, your, in, your interpretation is wrong. It's violating the scriptures. God said this, and you're saying that, and you want me to believe that interpretation in which you're bringing? You follow? And then right here, at, the, at Moses, the circumcision, God gave power to Moses' interpretation. This is what they have to do. Right here at the baptism, God gave power to John's message. This is what they have to do. Right here, the decree, Cyrus let the people go. This is what they have to do. And right here, August 11, 1840, this is what they have to do. And at 9-11, no power. Does that make sense? At 1989, no interpretation. Nope. Does that make sense? No. I thought the dealings of God with men is what? Ever, Ever the same. So if, if it was like this in Eden, and God gave Adam and Eve power so that they can keep the hope that, they, that God gave them intact, and Satan is going to try to take it, and we know he tried to take it because he, he stole Cain. He stole that hope from Cain. Amen? Cain had the same hope as Abel. But Cain sold that hope for the, for the pleasures of this life. He gave up that hope to live in this world. In the time of Moses, some didn't come out. I'm sure some didn't come out because it's the same in every generation. Some didn't leave. I don't need the Bible to tell me some didn't leave because every generation, some didn't leave. Amen? And some came out, some didn't. That's just how it is. That's how it goes. And when you come now to the time of Christ, some didn't leave the Jewish, the Jewish system, some did. When you come to the time of Daniel, we know the story, 
it, it was disappointingly small. Amen. Many didn't come out. They didn't leave. They preferred this world over the hope that God is stretching out to them. And we come to 1989 and there's no hope for the people that's living in a time when they're looking for a Sunday law. No hope. Nothing to put their trust and confidence in. Nothing. Is that our God? So what is Satan trying to do? Rob us of our birthright. He's robbing us of our birthright because this is what he did in the beginning. Amen. So nine, at 1989, God gave Jeff Piffinger, and I'm not ashamed of saying his name. God gave Jeff Piffinger a message. He interpreted Daniel 11, 40 to 45 to Jeff Piffinger, and he wrote the Time of the End magazine in 1996. And God gave power to this interpretation at 9-11. How did he do that? Fall of the papacy, fall of Islam. Rise of the papacy, rise of Islam. Easy to see. Is that difficult? Easy to see. He gave, he gave power. Islam was the agent to give power right here. Cyrus, the man from the east, was the agent to give power here. I'm sure this is the east, and I'm sure this is the east, because three witnesses tell me east, east. Amen? Yes, it's the east. Yes, hey, thank you. Amen, the east. So the east gives power to the message. Amen? And where did Christ come to give Adam the message? From the east. Because Cyrus is the righteous man from the where? The east. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for is the what? R power of God for therein is the what? Righteousness of Christ. In other words, when Adam and Eve fell, Christ brought sunshine to their hearts. Amen. Amen. He gave them hope once again. The light went out in their hearts, but the sun rose again in their hearts. The shepherd came and said, Adam, I know you messed up and I should miserably destroy you. But instead of miserably destroy you, I'm going to graciously save you. Amen. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. And Adam and Eve was not ashamed of that hope. The first shameful person was who? Cain. He was the first shameful. How do I know he was ashamed? He wouldn't sacrifice a lamb. He was ashamed of that message. I don't want nothing to do with a message that says I'm not righteous. I got to accept that to be righteous. Go ahead. Yes. Amen. That is true. Amen. No, you're right. Because they were, I mean, they didn't know anything else. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I wish I had time to go through that. The, the coats of skin, that was their power. That coat of skin was to remind them that Christ was going to give them his coat of skin. Amen. Amen. And they were to keep that coat spotless. Amen. And every, I wish I had time, but I'm not going to go on for sake. Go ahead. I was thinking about Christ trying to save Islam. And he said something about um, the light shining on us and the light shone on Christ. The spirit descended on him. And um, the sun, you know, the physical light also comes from the east. Amen. Yes, it does. Six thousand years, right? Six thousand years, the Lord's doing the same thing. Amen. Again and again. So going back, foundation, right? Follow me here. This is where we are. The same. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is which is who? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. You know, people read their Bible and they just read these things. Great. I'm, I praise the God that you're reading your Bible and you just read these things. They mean something. These things mean something. I, I want It says, "No foundation can any man lay but that which is what." Jesus Christ. Well, what is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Let's look at Hebrews. Jesus Christ. What? The foundation. 
The foundation, the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. So what is Satan going to try to destroy? That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus Christ, one of his meaning means yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. That's the character of God right there. Amen. He's the same. He never changes. And he gave us 6,000 years of how he works just to illustrate to our mind, I never change. Amen. You may change, but I never change. Amen. I, I do the same thing from beginning to end. In other words, God is saying, I'm consistent. So you what? Be consistent. Amen. If I can be consistent for 6,000 years, there's enough power to come from God to keep you and I consistent. Amen. If he can consistently do it, we can consistently do it. Not in our own strength, but by believing the interpretation for our time. Amen. Amen. It's nice that we understand what took place on 1798 to October 22nd. It's nice that we understand from 538 to the 457. It's nice that we understand Christ's history down to the cross in 34 AD. It's nice that we understand God delivered Moses, um, used Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt. What's nicer is when you see those things in your day. That's what's nicer. Amen? That's more sweeter to the soul. Amen? That's the evidence that all of these things is the evidence there's a coming Sunday law. That's what this is. There's a literal Sunday law coming. That's what Satan is trying to put the blinders back on so we don't recognize the footsteps of a coming Sunday law. Because that's where the greatest thievery or robbery is going to take place upon God's people. Amen? Amen? At the Sunday law, we better be sons of God or we're servants of Satan. That's it. Amen? At, we have to start as sons and remain sons all the way to the end. Amen. And don't let Satan rob you of that Sabbath birthright, the seal of your sonship. Amen. Amen. All right, let's continue. That's why we can go to God. Yes, to, because we're sons of God. Amen. Amen. But in God's church, there's two. There's servants of the flesh and there's servants of the spirit. Amen. Those who are being led. So even right now amongst us, God forbid some of us are being led by the flesh and some others are being led by the spirit. You know if you're being led by the spirit, if you can understand the interpretation of things for your time. Amen. Not simply just going over the past and getting nothing. That's the flesh. I want us to see that the Jews did that. They read the stories of Moses, Paul said, but they didn't see to what it was pointing to. They had the natural things, but that was their own righteousness. Amen. The righteousness that comes from Christ is the revelation of a righteousness. Seeing the interpretation of the truth for your day, that's the righteousness that comes from God. Amen? And that's what we got to believe in. And God will see us as righteous by believing that truth. Israel received the, the interpretation from Moses. God saw them as righteous. The time of Christ, the disciples, whomever received Christ, God saw them as righteous because the Bible says Abraham believed God and God counted to him for what? Righteousness. So believe in the interpretation that comes down. That's what makes you righteous. Not seeing people do wonderful and good works. Eve saw that. And where did it lead her? It lead her, led her into sin. The kings of the earth are going to see that with the papacy. Where is that going to lead them? I'm not saying we shouldn't have good works. But if good works is your only test of a Christian, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. Because Satan, can, he's going to do more good than any of us. He knows what good looks like. He was a light bearer. He used to let his light so shine before men that they may see his good works and glorify him. Isn't that what he did? 
he didn't make people, he didn't make the angels see the good work to glorify God. It was to glorify him. He thought righteousness stemmed from him. He was the first righteousness by work messenger. Amen. He, he forgot his creator. That's what happened. He forgot he was created. And he made Adam and Eve forget they were what? Created. So God in advance of this deception gave us a seventh day Sabbath so that we would never fall for that trickery that who's our creator. Amen. The Sabbath was put in place in advance of the fall. Amen. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Amen. The thing is the righteousness. The right doing is just an outworking of that. Amen. If you don't have the thing, you can't have righteous. You can't have right doing. Amen. Amen. Sweetness is the thing, but if you don't have the sweetness, you can't have anything that's sweet. Amen. You need a revelation in order to be righteous. Amen. But who knows who have the revelation? Only God. He's the only one who knows who has received that truth. Amen. He's the only one. So what is God going to do to make everyone the crisis? The crisis is going to reveal who has the revelation in their heart and who doesn't have it in their heart. Amen. So let us continue. Okay. Thank you. G yes. Amen. And he demonstrated that how? By joining hands right there. Amen. So we're going to demonstrate our forgetfulness when we accept the Sunday law. Amen. That's how we're going to demonstrate we forgot our creator. Amen. So going back, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, right? Follow. The work of God in the earth presents from age to age a striking similarity in every great reformation or religious movement. The principles of God's dealing with men are sometimes the same. Ever the same. The important movements of the what? People forget this. The important movement of the what? Present right now have their parallel in those of the what past and the experience of the church in former ages has lessened of great value for our what present time the whole bible has lessons for right now amen so continue while there are different degrees of development and different manifestations of his power to meet the wants of men in different ages that's what the reform lines was designed to show us not to worship the reform line but to see how god worked in different times Different manifestation of his power, different manifestation of his power, different manifestation of his power, different manifestation of his power. No power. No power. 1989, no manifestation of his power. Is that true? It, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I, I don't have the right words to describe. I don't know how people are coming to this. But anyway, the reform lines was given to us for us to recognize how God works in the earth. Why? Why? So our eyes can be healed to see how he's doing it presently. Amen. And the greatest manifestation that he's doing it presently, it's always the time of the end. Amen. Always the time of the end so that we can know the greatest manifestation of God's presence, meaning the greatest time when God has given a lot of light is happening right now. Amen. And 1989 was the sign to the whole world that God has given so much light upon what's taking place now. And anyone who desires to come and receive it, he will gladly teach it to them. Amen. And so that no one's without an excuse, he always raises up a messenger always amen and there's this argument this messenger wasn't holy 
That's this argument now. This messenger was, a, okay, well, I'm going to give you a line to show you that a messenger wasn't holy. Right here, Cyrus, 538. He was a heathen, but he was a symbol of the what? First angel's message. The Lord used a heathen, not one of his own. Why did God do that? Because the lesson for this line, God took away the outward glory that the what? Inward glory. The Jews were to recognize a that Cyrus was fulfilling Bible prophecy. Daniel. Amen. And, but Daniel was there, but Cyrus, that he was God's sign. Yes, amen. Daniel recognized it. And Daniel worked with Cyrus, even though he was a heathen. So we do have a time when God will use a heathen to bring forth his work. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Miller was a deist, but John was a Jew. He wasn't a deist. He believed in God, but Miller, thank you, he was a deist. So we do have that. So then was Miller holy? Was he holy? I guarantee you probably one of the arguments in his day was he wasn't holy. So that people would reject what he's teaching. Amen. But so we come down to our time and the arguments is these are all strategies of Satan to hinder the work and rob us of our sonship. Amen. That's all he's doing. Continue. Um, the teacher. Um, here it is. The teacher is the what? Same. God's character and his plan are the same. With him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The revelation of who? So the book of Revelation is designed to reveal to us how God is the same yesterday today and forever the entire book of revelation is the foundation for god's people at the end of the world amen, amen. and this is what's going to make us sons of god because notice what it says which god gave unto him to show unto his who servants things which must shortly come to what yeah. who's the servant galatians 4 yeah. the son you follow yeah. it's the son so the son does get a revelation when he's a servant Amen. I, I wish people could understand this. Go back to the reform line. Um, uh, and this right here, this little quote that I have in here. Um, listen, I, the kids, we was watching this. This we we love watching this airplane documentary. And there's a there's a principle in the airplane when they investigate accidents. And they said when a plane crash for the first time, they said one is an incident. But when it happens the second time, they said what is it? Ah, it's a coincidence. But when it happens a third time, they say, oh, no, this is a pattern. The Amen. Third time. So it's a pattern. Three times establishes a pattern. So it's the first, the second, and what is the third coming to do? Establish this pattern. So if this understanding is in the world, Praise God, he's going to save many of them by simply just having this principle. Because this is a truth that comes from Christ. And they're using a truth that comes from Christ to govern their work industry. So what is the Lord trying to teach us? The truth that comes from him that deals with spiritual things is also to govern our natural way of living. Amen? If the heathens can recognize this, why can't God's people? Amen? So let's continue. God never leaves the world without men who can what? discern between good and evil. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that? Okay. Righteousness and unrighteousness. God has men whom he has appointed to stand in the forefront of the battle. In times of what? In a what? Was 1989 and 9-11 a crisis? So do we believe this quote? No, seriously. Do we really believe this quote? So wait a minute. Is the coronavirus an emergency and a crisis? So do we believe this quote? 
Do we, no, do we really believe this quote? Because if we believe this quote, then that means God has somebody that's interpreting what's taking place right now. Amen. If we really believe this quote, then we should be sitting where we hear an interpretation of what's taking place right now. So 1989, that's the seed. The seed, Moses bought the seed. The I am came to deliver Israel, the sons of God. Amen. And they had to believe that interpretation that Moses gave them. They weren't at the burning bush. They weren't there to see it. But what did Moses bring to convince? Signs. He brought evidence. The rod turned to a what? Serpent. God never asks us to believe without what? The Tomedian magazine is our sign. Our evidence. Amen. So let's continue. Go down with me. I have in here Moses, the I am, the decrees, the laws, the time of Christ, the word, Millerite history, the first angel's message, our history, the first angel's message, the what? Second part. The first part, who fell? Protestant horn, right? I'm going to just put Protestant horn, right? Yeah, yeah you, you're right. You, you are right. Protestant horn. But who's falling here? The civil horn, right? I'm going to just put civil horn. So God is trying to teach us that the first angel's message has how many parts? Two parts. The time of the end, the king of the north, it fell. And the time of the end, the king of the north, what? Rises. And in the mercy of God, he allows us to see when the king of the north fell. So he must allow us to see when he what? Begins to rise. You follow? And when we see when he's beginning to rise, the Bible says, go back up, go back up, follow me. God has men whom, whom he has appointed to stand in the forefront of the battle in times of what? Emergency. When we see the king of the north rising, that's an emergency. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and do what? Show my people their sin and prepare the people for war. Amen? That's what 1989 was. And, and, during, and while the papacy is preparing to, to launch a full-fledged Sunday law attack, it gives God's people time to build the temple and get ready for the warfare. Amen? Go ahead, Swindon. They can worship. Amen. Because they couldn't do it then. Yeah, that's really nice. How do, and how do y'all know what Swindon is saying? What day were they worshiped on? So could they, could they show people how to worship? No. This history wasn't designed to show us how to worship. It was designed to bring us to where God can teach us how to worship. Amen. Yes. Amen. Because at the end of October 22nd, what did God give his people? The, the sign of worship. So now Adventist is the sons of God that's designed to show the whole world how to what? Worship God. But we must lead them down to the first, second, and third angel's message. Amen. And if we give up the Sabbath, we've given up our birthright. Amen. We've lost our sonship, the sign that makes us a God one. Amen. That's what the Sabbath is, and we, we cannot lose that. And we cannot afford any false interpretation to come and make us lose it. Amen. So go now to Paul now. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? Power of God of the salvation to everyone that what? The gospel was first sown in where? And every generation has just been unfolding a different aspect of the truth of the same gospel. And every time it gets unfolded, the work that God does in that generation is the same. Amen? 
So the gospel was unfolded here, the gospel was unfolded, unfolded, unfolded. unfolded so whoever received nation or the explanation that God used to bring and let me show that the Lord had to use a messenger because Christ had to give it to Adam I want us to see this God gave the first and when we reject that messenger who are we really rejecting God remember that's the pattern Jesus left us Adam gave it to his children. He preached it to Moses, and Moses gave it to He preached it to John, and John gave it to the children. He preached it to Daniel, and Daniel gave it to the children. He preached it to Miller, and Miller gave it to the children. So he must preach it to Jeff, and Jeff gives it to the children. Amen. He's not different. If we are ashamed of that, then we're not his children. Amen. We cannot be ashamed because Satan is many people to make them ashamed of saying I received a message that came through Jeff Piffinger because God chose to use him because God took away the outward that we might receive the inward glory amen that's what he did so if we're ashamed of saying I received a message that came from Jeff we're really ashamed of who God because now the argument is not anymore is it of God or is it of man it's that simple amen amen And, and the reason why I'm over this, God is getting ready to open up something so very powerful. And if we don't have this, crucify him. Crucify him. Yeah, you're going to deny him and you're going to say it's a false son, it's a false Christ. So go back now. Thank you. I'm going to close out here. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the what? Sons of God. Even to them that what? Believe on, believe on his name. Oh, I skipped one. I skipped it. I skipped it. Um, I'm going to close out with this belief. Here, you don't have to go up there. It says, the gospel was first preached to Adam and Eve in Eden. They sincerely repented of their guilt, believed the promise of God, and were saved from utter ruin. What did Adam and Eve do? They believed. So what did God give them? Power. Because they believed that power first messenger God gave them power so those who received the first to walk in that light yes we did amen 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 so I'm gonna come to a close now go down to preach for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can we believe in this interpretation if there's not someone there to preach it? It's a new, it's a new revelation that God has given us. Somebody must be there to preach this new revelation to us. So the Lord gave Jeff Piffinger this revelation. He revealed that the king of the north is rising again. And he gave him this interpretation. We would have to say that understanding that comes from this book came from Satan. That's the crossroads for many people. They would have to say that it came from Satan. But they, they can't. Because how, are you gonna, how would you get around Daniel 11.40? Some of them outrightly do give it up, and that's the spirit of atheism. Outrightly give up the word of God. Amen? 
atheism outrightly gay. The papacy, as cruel as a papacy is, they don't say what atheism is saying. Amen. They just point and say, look, I, we believe in God, but we're God. That's all they do. Amen. That's what they do. But atheism, we don't believe in no God. They kind of say the same thing. I am my own God. Amen. They, they just go to the, this extreme saying, not that word of God, but my word of God. Amen. Yes, but it's worse when you hide because at least I can see the atheist. I can see the man that says that's walking around claiming, but this man, he's beautiful. His manners is kind and he does a lot of good things and he's using God's words. He's quoting the scriptures. He's doing all these nice things. It's hard. How am I going to know he's not a child of God? Well, the Lord has made it easy for the world. Sabbath and Sunday. It's that easy. Amen. Sabbath and Sunday. He's made it that easy. But I'm going to close out on this point. Going on with me, he said three minutes. I just want to close out with this. Hebrews. Hebrews. Um, oh, where is it? Yeah, here. It, go down to evidence. I wish I had time to go through this, but I don't, it's okay. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The what? Evidence. evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a what? Good report. 1989 to the civil Sunday law. This is the evidence of the Sunday law not seen as yet. All the things we're seeing happening right now, God is showing us what's going to happen in the Sunday law. Very easy. Just, just consider that for a minute. Go back to 2014 and look at what happened there. The Lord has given you a view of the Sunday law. Look at what happened in 2016 with Trump. The Lord has given you a view of the Sunday law. Look at what's happening right now. He's given people evidence, but people don't know how to read these evidence. They need a preacher. You'll always need a preacher to interpret to you the signs in which you're seeing. Amen. So go back down. Um, I don't have to. Uh, I'm going to stop there. So, so the Time of the End magazine, that's what I want to end with. The Time of the End magazine is a good report. Amen. It's a good report. But it's a e as soon as this good report comes, what comes? An evil report. So Joshua and Caleb, yes, it goes on the line, but that story gives me an illustration of what happens when the good report comes. Mm -hmm. Evil men are going to attack this good report and saying it's not of God. But whoever believes, to them that believes, God is going to give what? Power to interpret the Bible. Amen? And receive these evidence for yourself. Amen? That's God is going to give you, what's the power? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the power. He's going to come. And what is he going to do? Guide you into what? All truth. To them that receives him, to them he gives his Holy Spirit to guide them into all truth. Amen? Amen. And those who, receive, who refuses it, they get an unholy spirit to steal men away from all truth. Amen? That's what the foolish virgins does. The foolish virgins are thieves and robbers. They're workers of iniquity. They don't encourage anybody to walk in the spiritual understanding. That's what the foolish virgins do. Amen? But the wise virgins, they encourage people to walk in the spiritual understanding because the Bible says they that be wise win people to the truth. Amen? Those that are foolish, even though they're in the church, turn people from the truth. That's what they do. So they're, they're successful agents of Satan to turn people away. Amen? And we must, we must recognize this. Who We must recognize when people are trying to turn us away from the good report. Amen. That's the point I want to get to. There are people trying to turn us away from the good report. And I wish I had time to...
and we must read the report to know who's trying to turn us away from that report. Amen? I wish I had time to go through this report. It's some really nice thoughts, but if you have time, you can follow through with it. Let us close out with a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you, O Lord, for giving us a good report since 1989. Um, as we look at, as we behold your pattern, O Lord, that you're the same. Um, we're told that the teacher is the same. You taught Adam the gospel. Adam needed a teacher. He lost his spiritual understanding. And Jesus, you taught him in the Garden of Eden, and he taught his children. And we saw the first outworking of the gospel with Cain and Abel. And from that point on, your lesson is the same. And every time of the end, you always teach the first person, and that person goes forth and teach, teaches others. He receives the fruits that comes from you, the seeds that you have given him to sow in the hearts of men. And Moses went out and sowed the I am into the hearts of man. Daniel sowed it into the heart of Cyrus. John sowed it into the heart of the disciples. Miller sowed it into the hearts of the Millerites. And you rose up, Jephthah, sowed into the hearts of Adventism. Oh, Lord, to do that work. He may not have be the best of men, but, Lord, all you're showing us is the work of God in the earth, that you have begun this work, and you promise to finish it all the way to the end. And we pray and ask, oh Lord, that you will help people to understand these things, that they won't be ashamed of these things, oh, Lord, because those who are not ashamed, we're told that they will be given power to do those things that you say that are right, not what we say is right. We all have what we believe to be right, oh, Lord, but what we think is right, it may not be what you think is right. So, Lord, I pray and ask that you will help us to learn how to walk with you and to follow you throughout these times, that we might recognize how you work and that we might join you in the work and not resist you in the work like many have done in every single generation. Please forgive us of our sins of not being faithful watchmen. And please, O oh Lord, help us to redeem the time. And, and we ask, O oh Lord, that you help us to continue to keep the Sabbath holy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.